the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Praise God. The sermon this morning is the right way to be happy. Our text is taken from Psalm 16, 18 to 11. But before I get into that, may I just greet everybody a happy Independence Day. I hope that you share my gratitude and my happiness in the fact that we live in America. I think we need to say it. I think we need to thank God that we live in a country that is the greatest country in the world. And I don't care what anybody says. I know we have problems. I know there are, there's a pandemic. I know there's protests going on. I know there's unrest. I know there's political and social divisions that's gripping the nation right now. But I want to tell you, I am blessed to be living in a country that affords me the freedom to lift up the name of Jesus. America is not perfect. I don't think there's any argument about that. It's not perfect. No one denies that. But the fact that we can criticize, condemn, hate, even this country is a testimony that we have an unparalleled freedom, that we have an unparalleled reason to be grateful to those who have given their lives so that we can have the freedom even to do the things that we shouldn't do and express the opinions that really we shouldn't express. But because of that unparalleled freedom, that we are given by those who have sacrificed their lives, we should be at least thankful that we're able to do it. And if you are unhappy with America, I'm happy to let you know that condos are cheap in Pyongyang. I'm happy to report to you that the cost of living in Iran is so much better. I thank God because even though we live in a nation that is imperfect, there's no other place in the world that will afford us the liberties and the blessings that we enjoy. Let's never take it 
for granted. Let's never take for granted the freedom uh, that we have. Let's not, never forget to thank the men and the women who held the gates of freedom open for us because our honor and our integrity is rooted on the freedoms that we enjoy. There are many unhappy people in America today, but I guarantee you there are more people that are blessed and happy that they live in America. There are more people who are grateful that we live in this nation, and we should express that gratitude daily. Express it to God and let people know that we are grateful. A lot of people are unhappy in America because they have this mistaken notion that America is obligated to make them happy. And when they feel like there's something that they don't like, that their, their happiness is, is being attacked. Uh, uh, loved ones, no nation... No institution, no group of people can guarantee anyone's happiness. But the beautiful thing about America is this, that even though we are not guaranteed happiness, we have been given the freedom to pursue it. And there's a big difference between demanding the nation to make us happy and a nation giving us the privilege and the freedom to pursue it. Only God can really give true and lasting happiness. Don't demand that from your politicians. Don't demand that from your own government. Don't demand that from your own country. The beautiful thing about the nation we live in is that we're free to pursue that happiness. We're free to seek it out. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. No one is guaranteed happiness. Not this country, not any country, not any government, not any people. Only God can do that. No more than your wife can guarantee that you're going to be happy in that marriage. No more than a husband is guaranteed that he's going to be happy in that marriage. But there's freedom to pursue it. And that's good enough for me. I don't have to fear being persecuted for the things that I hold dear in my life. And that includes ha happiness. So we need to talk about this. We need to talk about the right way to be happy. We need to know what God has to say about this thing called happiness. Because it's just a matter of time when, when this anger and this, this hatred will, will get worse and worse and worse unless people understand that only God can give us true and lasting happiness. What does the Word of God say about the right way to be happy? Perhaps the question that we need to ask this morning is, are you pursuing 
happiness the right way? Are you pursuing happiness the way God wants you to pursue happiness? Or are you going to pursue happiness your own way? Fundamentally, that's where it boils down to. How are you pursuing that happiness that seems to elude you in your life? Here's what the Word of God says about pursuing happiness the right way. Our text is in Psalm 100, uh, rather Psalm 16, verses 8 to 11. David wrote these words. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eter eternal pleasures at your right hand. I want you to underline two words in this psalm. The first is the term right hand. It was used twice in these verses. And then the other word is the word joy, which is also used twice in this text. So right out of the gate, we'll see the connection between happiness and being at the right hand of God's presence. So what does pursuing happiness the right way accomplish in our life? Three things this morning. It's Communion Sunday, and it'll be good if we look at the Word of God and begin to internalize these things because it does rejuvenate our souls. Three things this morning that guarantees we will be pursuing happiness the right way. Number one, a perpetual sincerity to God will result in absolute resolve. Let me say that again because I think it's, a, it's kind of worthy, okay? A perpetual sincerity, continuous focus, continuous trust in God will result in absolute resolve. Look at what the verse says again. Verse 8, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. Underline the word always. I keep my eyes, the psalmist says, on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Right, the right hand of God represents God's transcendent power, his omnipotence, the totality of his greatness. It includes all the provisions that God gives us. It includes all the promises that God gives us. It includes his saving grace. But that transcendent power is not just something that we understand uh, to be uh, something outside of our realm. That transcendent power is also experienced and evidenced by God's willing involvement and participation and intervention in our lives as His children. So the right hand of God is not only describing the power of God, it also includes his participation in our lives, his fellowship with you and I as his children. The psalmist says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord, emphasizing that focus on him. Jesus is the external object of 
our faith, of our focus. And I want to emphasize external. The reason why we need to recognize that we need to focus on the power of Jesus, the, the external uh, revelation of His power, is because we tend as people to look within ourselves to solve our problems, to solve our issues. But the Bible is very clear that the key to that gladness, the key to that happiness, the key to that joy is to look outside of us, to look for a higher power. You can talk to an alcoholic who have entered uh, Alcoholics uh, Anonymous, and they will tell you the first principle of recovery is to look to a higher power. That's not a, a, something that somebody made up. It's out of the Word of God. They won't, give it, they won't give the Scriptures credit for it, but that's where it came from. That's exactly what we're called to do. We are called to look to Jesus as an external source of our focus. We tend to look at our problems and we tend to look at how we can resolve it within ourselves. We really have an issue with putting our faith on something we do not see. We really have that issue. When, we, when something is not tangible to us, we kind of struggle with it. If we're not looking to our personal expertise and experience to solve our issues, we tend to look at other people and other institutions like government agencies and politicians and scientists and sociologists and these radical, godless university professors who are molding the minds of our young people today in the universities to accept that, that, that socialism or Marxism are the answers to the evil that we face. Nothing can be further from the truth. The answer is God. Has always been. Will always be God. It's never found in institutions of higher learning. It's never found in government agencies. It will never be found in political rhetoric. It's always found in the revealed word of God's eternal presence. I want to speak a little bit with what's in my heart this morning. Since it's 4th of July, you know, um, breaks my heart every time I turn on the news. Seeing how people are taking advantage of the current situation going on in the world to express their unhappiness and anger at America by wrecking havoc and destroying properties and occupying cities and territories in protest of the current wave of racial tensions and capitalizing on this pandemic to express their hatred for America and disguising and justifying that hatred in the name of social justice. That is wrong. No one is denying that we still have these problems in America. Sure, we still have racism. Sure, we still have economic inequities. Sure, we still have crimes and of all kinds, greed, malice, murders, name it. But the solution is not found within us. The solution is found outside of us. There's no other place in the world where they can get away with it. And I want you to know, there are people who hate this country 
people who despise this country because in the inside of them, they do not understand what they have. They are not grateful for what America has afforded them. And that makes me very angry. If this American hating anarchists are right, why do millions of people still want to come here? You ever ask that question? If this American hating rioters are correct, why is it that when someone talks about not allowing people from other parts in the world to come to this country, they cry out racism. If I was an anarchist, the first thing I would do is to prevent people from coming into this despicable If I really believe that, I would be the one demonstrating on the border saying, put a wall. Those people shouldn't come here. This is a bad country. That's not the case. Millions of people are lining up to get in here. Why? Because it's such an evil country? No. People do not know what they have, I guess, until they don't have it anymore. Let me tell you why millions of people want to come to this country. Because if you come to America and you decide to occupy a city block, or if you try to topple statues, or if you try to burn properties, you have a better likelihood of surviving. But if you do that in another country, you'll be liable to be shot dead. That's why people want to come here. It still values freedom and life. The problem with the troublemakers we have in our nation today is that they don't appreciate the freedom and the prosperity they have or they can have only if they decide to pursue it. And if you think I'm preaching a political sermon, you're wrong. This has nothing to do with politics. The problems in America today has little to do with racial inequality. It's just a fruit. The problem in America is not economic disproportionality. It's just the fruit. It's not a black or white or brown or yellow issue. It is and will always be the issue of godlessness. When we decide to remove the consciousness of God in our hearts and in our minds, we will go through these dark days. Inevitably, it happens in history. It happened in history. Only Jesus Christ can we find true meaning in life. Only in Jesus can we find true happiness. Only in Jesus can we find the way, the right way to treat people as God's creatures. Only in Jesus we can find that our worth is God-given. Only through Jesus can we know that, it is, that we are precious in the sight of God. Only through Jesus can we know that God has placed value in our life by sending Jesus. And the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet despicably wicked people, Jesus died for us, we are precious enough for God to send the ultimate sacrifice 
in Jesus. Only in Jesus can we have hope that after this life is over, we have a heaven to look forward to and be in the presence of God forever. No other religion, government, philosophies can deliver on those promises except Jesus alone. It's because of Jesus that we become connected and interlocked in fellowship with God. This transcendent power, this this outside external power is now accessible because Jesus became like one of us. And because Jesus came, we are now interlocked in fellowship with God. And that's a beautiful thing about the gospel. Because of Jesus, the Holy Spirit came and the Holy Spirit will abide with us forever. There's no more need to doubt that God is present because Jesus promised that His Spirit will abide forever with us. That's why the Bible says when Jesus came, His name was called Emmanuel. God is with us. The transcendent power is now accessible to each and every one of us. Keep our eyes always on the Lord because with the Lord at our right hand, we will not be shaken. Let me just take this on a personal level this morning. Is there something in our life right now that's keeping us awake at night? Is there something that's shaking the very foundations of our being? It's not too late, loved ones. It's time to focus. It's time to turn our eyes on Jesus. It's time to fix our eyes on Jesus right now. It's not too late. This is a good time to begin the good fight of faith. This is a good time to stand strong and not be shaken because God promises that we are in His presence. When we are in His right hand, we'll be able to withstand and not be shaken. Now is the time to start practicing the spiritual disciplines of worship, of prayer, of praise, of sharing the good news. The Bible never promises that we will not go through bumps on the road to eternal life. The Bible doesn't promise that we will live a life problem-free, that we will go through life without any of these issues. But the Word of God guarantees that if we go through this life with our eyes focused on the Lord, there will never be a time in our life that we will struggle with fear, hopelessness, and an attitude of defeat. Because God is with us. The Bible says, Psalm 112, verses 6 to 8, Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. That's what I call a happy life. That's what I call a blessed life. Now, there's a second way we can be happy the right way. And that is when our physical and spiritual being receive gladness through the assurance of the resurrection. Let me say it again. A physical and spiritual gladness is received through the assurance of the resurrection. Look at verses 9 to 10 once again. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Verse 9, Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. Happiness is rooted in no knowing that there's more to life than what we have here right now here on earth. Every experience of true and complete gladness 
in the life of a Christian is rooted in the hope of the resurrection. Without the resurrection, any form of gladness, any form of joy, any form of happiness is incomplete. It doesn't last. The Bible says in one of the most beautiful verses of scriptures in, in Ecclesiastes 3.10, one of the most beautiful words from the Old Testament, one worth memorizing. Solomon said these words, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. No one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Notice that he says he has placed eternity. The word eternity there is the Hebrew word olam. You know what the word olam means? Really, really long. Eternity is a long time. And the Bible says that God has placed eternity, an unending longing for Him in our hearts. That is what's going to make you and I happy. When God, when we realize that God has placed that eternity in each and every one of our hearts, that, that sense of eager anticipation that doesn't end, anticipation for His presence, anticipation for His glory. I believe when we get to heaven, that the one of the one, most wonderful things about heaven will be, in my own opinion only, don't, don't, you know, you don't have to buy into this, but this is how I look at heaven. I think heaven will be a place wherein we're gonna try to figure out the good the glory and the majesty of God and never run out of excitement about it and never be exhausted in the things that He wants to reveal to us. And for eternity, we will be glorifying Him for new reasons every single passage of time if there's any such thing in eternity. There will be an unlong, unending longing, a continuous longing to know Him more. And that's what eternity is going to be like. Happiness here on earth is fueled by the longing to be in eternity with God. We can never manufacture that longing. It is God who reveals that longing into each and every one of us the moment we decide we're going to put our focus on Him continually. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.